Man, how, how many of y'all excited about what God is about to do in this place? How, how many of y'all are just really, I'm really, 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 really excited about all the things that uh, that God is about to do in this place? Today marks the start of our, our new series, I'm So Tired of Being Alone. Y'all in here just really just tired of just tired of just being alone. You just tired of, of being by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of figured that. And I, I believe that's why. I believe that that is why God laid this uh, series in my heart uh, to do with you all. And I think that during this series we gonna we gonna laugh, we are gonna cry. Uh, some of us gonna be convicted. We gonna be we gonna be encouraged. We just gonna have some fun. But I think uh, ultimately at the end of this series um, you're gonna have a different outlook on, on Christian uh, relationships. Now um, I want you all to understand uh, a few things. One is that uh, I am not Dr. Phil. Uh, I am not a life coach. Uh, I am a pastor. Uh, I didn't come with information. I came with revelation. And I need you to understand uh, that everything we do during this series is going to be based on the word of God. All right, then. Now, um, it is our custom that we stand during the reading of the word of God. Um, but I have a lot of scriptures that, that we're going to be dealing with. And all of you have a scripture reference sheet. So um, just when we get to that point, I'm just going to kind of go through the scriptures. Because I want to make sure we get a chance, an opportunity to cover everything uh, during this lesson. So we're going to go forego the standing uh, of the scriptures um, so that we can get through everything that we need to uh, cover um, during, this, during this particular message. Uh, now, I am married. Um, so... But that's a benefit to you singles. Uh, the fact that I am married, me and my wife, uh, we've been married uh, coming up on eight years now. And so uh, we have, uh, amen, we have, uh, we have uh, experienced some things, been through some things. Um, when me and my wife got married, um, I was, uh, I was uh, 20 years old. My, my wife was 19. And uh, God taught us a lot of different things. We got married and when we were, when we were still in college, um, had had our first son. And uh, God has just done some great things, taught us a lot of things about relationships. Um, so the, that's good for you. You, um, because I've been where you are and I am where you're, where you're going. Um, and so I can give you some insights and things of that nature as it relates to uh, your being single uh, and you're looking to uh, to have a mate. I just believe that um, if you're trying to be married, which most of y'all that want to be in a relationship, you don't want to just have somebody with you. You want somebody to put a ring on your finger. Amen? Uh, or so, and so uh, being that be the case, then like I said, if you want to if you want to know about fixing cars, you go see a mechanic. Uh, if you want to know about cooking, you go and find you a chef, uh, and if you want to know, learn about being married, uh, you need to go find you some married folks and start doing what they're doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, some of the things we're going to deal with today on this message, uh, message one, uh, I'm, I'm, why am I still single, is uh, why you long for a mate, uh, and specifically in women. Uh, I'm going to show you in the Bible uh, where a lot of that desire that you have uh, for a mate comes from, um, what it means to be single, and why you are not alone. And um, the three categories of singleness, the three uh, categories of singleness, we're going to deal with that uh, on today. Um, the question is often asked, and I know, some, you know a lot of people looked at you know, some of our titles, some of the things we're going to be dealing with, but that question I imagine is, is often asked, why am I uh, still single? I believe that's a question that asks between men and women alike. A lot of times we don't show it, we don't tell it, but um, I know men, we be asking the same questions as women do. Y'all just more emotional, so y'all just express it more than we do. Uh, 
Um, but uh, we ask some of the uh, same questions that you do. Um, but why am I uh, still single? And sometimes we begin to beat up on ourselves. We begin to wonder, you know, it seems like I'm stuck somewhere between here and happily ever after. And you begin to ask yourself, Lord, what is what is really going on? I've been faithful. I've been tithing. Um, and I need you all. And I, uh, uh, I don't understand why uh, it is that I'm still single. Did I do something wrong? Is it me? Uh, has I not been faithful? I, am I just not good enough? Um, and we ask all these different questions. And we got to understand. You've been asked, Lord, is there somebody that desires me? Well, I want you all to know today that the answer is a resounding yes. I'm telling you, you are good enough uh, for somebody. There is somebody out there that is waiting on you. There is somebody out there that wants to be with you, that wants to put a ring on your finger, that wants to uh, to be in a, a relationship with you. But you got to one, um, you got to know that, uh, you got to understand that, you got to understand that uh, the Bible tells us in Psalms 139 and 14 that you were fearfully and you were wonderfully made. And if you were made like that, there is somebody that wants to hook up with you. Um, so you just got to be patient and do it God's way. You got to understand that uh, because you were fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, that, that God uh, has places a high value on you, especially women, uh, because uh, God made Adam out of dust go to the ground, but it says that he created Eve. Uh, whenever something is created, it starts from scratch, and he, I believe that God took a, a special amount of time just on women uh, just to get you all to where you are now. Um, but um, you one, you got to love yourself, and you got to know for yourself that you're fabulous. Tell your neighbor, say, you fabulous. Tell your neighbor, you, you fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. can't nobody loves you like you do. See, you got to get that point in your head. You got to get that right first. And nobody can love you like you do. So when you start loving yourself, that's when you can expect for somebody else uh, to begin to love you too. This is too loud. Amen. All right. Now, the first thing about singleness that you got to understand is that singleness uh, is not a curse. Uh, being single is not a bad thing. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians the 7th chapter, um, Paul said that it was a gift. Uh, now, everybody ain't got the gift uh, naturally, but I believe that uh, God gives you the anointing to be single during your se season of singleness. Um, so, so a lot of you all now are, are in a season of singleness, and I believe it's during this time that God gives you anointing to be single. Now, uh, when, when we are single, though we have to have a particular focus and I believe that is where God uh, expects us to have a focus right. on him uh, and, and being in his face uh, and not trying to be in some man or some woman face. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? The, 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 that season of singleness is our time to begin to cultivate our relationship with God. Uh, that's where we begin to uh, have the time to really uh, get before God and be with God. You see, because Paul understood that. He said, look, I understand when you get married, then you're not going to have as much time to spend with God as you do now. Now. He said, because right now, as a single person, you don't have to worry about uh, kids unless you already have them, or you don't have to worry about pleasing a husband or, or a wife. I'm telling you, when you get a spouse, whether you, you know, man, whether you man or woman, when you get a spouse, I'm telling you, your spouse is needy. That's right. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, you know, I love my wife, but I'm telling you, my wife, I have needs, and, my, and I expect that, that my, my wife to meet those needs, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, the whole nine yards, I have needs, and so a lot of times you all as single women don't have to worry about meeting those needs of another person while you're single, and you can spend your time really getting in tune with God, really understanding what God uh, has for you, what God wants you to do, um, how it is that uh, he wants you to operate uh, in, this, in, this, in this lifetime 
time to, and do the things in which he called you to do. It's that time for you to have fellowship with God. Amen. And so we cannot spend all our time trying to have fellowship with man and forget to have fellowship with God. You can't think that you're just going to go back and try to get fellowship with God. I'm telling you, that is the most important, that is the most important relationship you will ever be in. And you got to understand that. So he wants you um, to, uh, to, to be in fellowship with him. In that fellowship is where you're going to find your purpose, where you're going to find why it is that God made you, why he placed you here. Yeah, the Bible said you were uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, but why? Why did God make you so fearfully and why did he make you so wonderfully? And that is where, when we get in tune with God, when we get before him and we, we stay here present, we begin to know uh, our purpose and we begin, so we stop asking God, Lord, uh, why, uh, why am I still single? And we start asking God, Lord, why am I here? See, when we get that right, when we understand why it is that we're here, a lot of those, a lot of the other things about our life typically be, begin uh, to fall in place. So before we start talking about our mate, we first got to start talking about ourselves. We first got to allow God to work on us before we start uh, telling him to change uh, anybody else. Um, so we got to get that piece right. I'm telling you, look, a relationship is just two individuals. That's it. And so that, that in the simplest form, a relationship consists of two individuals. We have to get the individual portion right uh, if we're ever to expect that the, the collective portion will be together. I'm telling you, if we don't get the individual part right, I'm telling you, y'all just going to be two messed up folks just together. I'm telling you, so we got to get the individual part right first, uh, and that is where uh, you come That is where uh, you come in and you doing your part. Uh, a lot of us uh, want to be uh, in relationships, want to be in a successful relationship. I know don't nobody just want to be in one. You want to be in a successful one. Uh, and I believe that God will give us a desire of our heart. So I believe that if, he if you truly desire to be in a relationship, I believe that God will send you, he will make you over and get you ready and then get that person ready and then put y'all together. Uh, but the thing is, uh, a lot of times we heard, we, when we heard that scripture, we've heard that so much uh, in Psalms 37 and 4 that God will give us the desires of our heart. But there's something that I don't want you to miss. If you look at your reference scripture, it says that first you have to delight yourself in the Lord. A lot of times you all don't hear that when you hear that scripture quoted. It says delight yourself in the Lord and the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. First delight yourself in the Lord. We got to get to a point where he means more to me than anything else. When I began to have find my joy and my peace in him, then he said, then I'll give you the desires of your heart. He said, because what happens is, the more time you spend with him, the more you, your, his desires become your desires, and you will start desiring the same things that he desires. So naturally, when you're asking for the th same things that he wants to come to pass, then he's going to say yes, he's going to say yes, and he's going to say yes, because those uh, are his desires uh, when we get to that point. Amen. Now, Amen. We got to understand Amen. the difference between single and being alone. That's right. That's it. The word single, the word single and, and alone are not synonymous. They do not mean the same thing. Uh, I'm gonna deal with the, the the word alone, and then we're gonna deal with the word single. The word alone means to be isolated from others, and more importantly, isolated from God. That is what the word alone means. But you gotta understand in Genesis the second chapter and 18 first, God said it was not good for man to be alone. He said it was not good that he would be alone. So God Himself did away with loneliness. He said that that was not good. That was, he said, that is not something I have for you. So if we take on loneliness, that's something we didn't do on our own. God, because God said loneliness is not going to be a part of your life. He, God himself did away with loneliness. So a lot of times we may feel alone, but that don't mean that we are alone. Come on now. You see, we always got the trinity. We God, God is a triune God. Uh, and so uh, he, he is this in the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when you ain't got nobody else, I know you got three friends. Man. <laughs> 
So Jesus came. When Jesus came, Jesus came. He said that uh, I came that you might have life uh, in John 10 and 10, that you might have it more abundantly. I don't think that there was any type of loneliness or isolation in, in that in that life that Jesus died for. I don't think that uh, those two words were anywhere in there. I don't think that there was any loneliness uh, in that in that uh, life that Jesus came uh, that me, we may have. So loneliness is done, uh, and we're going to start living the life in which Jesus uh, truly died for. Now, single. To be single just means to exist as an individual. That's it. Just to exist as an individual. Um, in, in your singleness, you have uh, a responsibility to yourself, and you are accountable uh, to your own self. Uh, once we become, uh, once we become into, get into a relationship, then we become accountable um, to our partners. But uh, as an individual, you are accountable to you. So it's up to you to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do when you're when you are uh, single. And we got to understand that now. If there was anybody who knew how to be single, uh, I believe it was Adam. Uh, I believe that Adam truly knew how to be single. Uh, you got to understand that Adam, uh, you know, he walked with God, he, he talked with God uh, in the in the in the garden, and uh, he was at peace, he was content, uh, and he was truly just enjoyed just being in the presence of God um, his entire life. Now, this is you know naturally before Eve got there, uh, Adam was happy. Adam wasn't tripping. Adam wasn't going to God talking about Lord, why I ain't got nobody and all this type of stuff. He was just happy being with God. He was just thrilled about. Uh, just God just coming and talking with him and just God just God doing all the things he was doing how God would set him up like he did I mean he just had so much stuff to praise for God for he like God did all this for me I ain't got to work I ain't got to do nothing he was just happy uh, being in the presence of God now Adam lived uh, before he got there he lived during a time when there was no female present there was not a female. A lot, a lot of people say now, oh, there's a shortage uh, of men out there because so many are in prison or, you know, it ain't no, I can't find, I can't seem to find no good man or I can't seem to find no good woman. But see, Adam, again, Adam was content. He was happy. He had peace. He had joy during the time. Not only, not, not that he was a shortage, but it was none. Adam couldn't find a woman then even if he wanted to. But why then was Adam still so happy and he was single? Because he was fulfilled by God. He just enjoyed being, he found his fulfillment, he found everything that he needed, he found the joy, he found peace, he found everything just in being with God. Amen. When there was not a, even a, a woman present. At Genesis uh, 2 uh, and 21 it says that, uh, you know, after uh, God said it was not good for man to be alone, he began to create woman. The Bible says uh, in Genesis 2 and 21 that he caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Check this out, listen. Adam was resting in God while his mate was being created. That's right. Listen, listen. The Bible says that, you know, he put Adam to sleep and then he, he opened him up and took the rib out. Now, Adam was asleep during this whole time. He was resting during that time in God. See, while his mate was being created. See, listen, we got to get to a point where we rest that we can be comfortable just in God while God may be working on our mate. He could be creating your mate now. Not that he don't exist, but he's creating them, making them to what he wants them to be and you just need to rest in him while here's why he's doing it. See, Adam, Adam understand, uh, Adam understood that. Adam got that piece right. I believe that uh, he, 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 I believe that Adam uh, was the best example of being single uh, during the time where he didn't, he couldn't get a woman even if he wanted to. Um, there is nothing, you got to understand, there is nothing that can fill that void. Uh, there is no woman, there is no man that can fill that void uh, that you, that you have in your life uh, if, 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 that God placed in your life. There is no, I'm telling you, there is no man or woman that can fill those shoes, none, uh, none whatsoever and we got to understand that. Uh, we got to get that in our heart. We got to get that uh, in our spirit. 
And I want to now, I want to take you to, uh, you know, with the main piece we're going to deal with uh, for is Leah and Rachel um, and how both of them tried to find fulfillment in man. Now, I'm going to show you exactly what not to do uh, so that you won't make some of the same mistakes that they made. Uh, Genesis, the 29th chapter, Genesis, the 29th chapter, um, and uh, we're going to deal with um, uh, the 29th and then we're going to go to the 30th too. Now, let me give you a real quick recap to where we are. All right? Amen. Now. Uh, Leah and Rachel were sisters, and Leah was the oldest sister, and Rachel was the youngest. Now, Jacob um, was uh, the nephew of Laban, and Jacob uh, one day saw uh, Rachel, and he just right. fell all head over heels over Rachel, and he just really wanted to be with Rachel. He just really wanted to have a, a relationship with her. Um, so uh, he went to Laban, and he said that he told Laban that he wanted Rachel, and so Laban said, okay, that's good. You, uh, you work for me for seven years, and then I'll let you have my daughter, Rachel. So he worked for seven years, but what happened was, uh, during the night of, uh, of consummation um, that he sent uh, Leah into the room uh, with Jacob uh, and instead of instead of Rachel uh, and then afterwards when Jacob uh, realized that he had been deceived um, he went back to Laban and Laban said look I had to let my order it is our custom that our, my older daughter get uh, married first uh, and so uh, after that uh, Jacob still wanting Rachel uh, he wanted that woman bad he decided he said look he said I will work and we're we gonna get to that he said I will work another seven years just to have Rachel. Um, so uh, he ended up marrying both sisters um, and that, that brings us up uh, to the point we are now. Um, again, Leah was the, the oldest, uh, Rachel was the youngest and he really, really loved Rachel uh, and so we're going to see the struggle that these women had in trying to find fulfillment in Jacob. Genesis the 29th um, chapter uh, starting at the 31st verse and the Bible says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. She said, she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again and she gave birth to a son. She said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me, he gave me this one too. And she named him Simon. Again, she conceived and she, and she gave birth to a son. And she said, now at last, my husband will become attached to me. Because I had borne him three sons. So she was so she named him Levi. And then third verse 35 says she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. And she named him Judah, which means praise. And then she stopped uh, having children. Uh, now we see Leah here, Leah knowing and realizing that uh, she has been uh, unloved by uh, her husband uh, Jacob uh, because Jacob. Jacob really loved her younger sister. And so Leah uh, began to pray to God. And I imagine she was moving around all sorry. And she just felt uh, during those times, it was a big thing for a man, um, one to have, to, for a woman to have children, and then for a man to have sons. So she figured, well, if I could give uh, Jacob some sons, then I believe that all of a sudden uh, Jacob uh, would love me and then I would be happy uh, all of a sudden. So naturally she was sad. So she didn't find her contentment in God because she was moping around. She had lost all her joy and her peace just because. Because Jacob didn't love her, not understanding that God loved her. God had to love her because God the one opened up her womb. I'm telling you, sometimes God, and I know she just prayed and prayed and prayed, sometimes God will give you what you ask for just to show you how much you really don't want it. Listen, understand this. So he opened up her womb. So he opened up her womb allowed her to have kids. And the first three sons that she had, uh, Reuben, Simon, and Levi, she basically devoted unto, she basically devoted unto Jacob. Say, if I could just give him these kids, oh, he's just going to be satisfied. He's just going to 
love me. He's going to fall a head over heels over me if I give him the towel. And every time she did that, she found herself more and more frustrated because every time she had a son trying to please Jacob, she found that Jacob loved her no more than he had before, than, than before she had the kids. Understanding that. And then in verse, uh, in verse 35, it says that when she had, uh, she said, now, uh, this time, I will praise the Lord. So she got pregnant again. She said, you know what? I didn't spend all my energy. I didn't spend all my time. I didn't try to please Jacob. It still ain't happening. He said, you know what? I'm just going to praise the Lord. And then she began, She then she named that child Judah. She named that child praise. And, uh, and then the Bible says that the Lord closed up her womb. So listen, the, the womb was her source of frustration because she thought through her womb she could find fulfillment if she was able to give Jacob kids. But now, when she decided after having Judah that she would now begin to praise the Lord, the Bible says that God closed up her womb. So in other words, God stopped the frustration that he had. So as soon as she stopped so as soon as she stopped putting Jacob first and started putting God first, her frustration ended. That's right. You got to understand that Jacob, Jacob couldn't be to her what she wanted Jacob to be. He could not do it. He could not fill those shoes. Uh, and so she had to get to a point and God brought her to a point where, uh, where she began to understand that then he closed up her womb. He stopped the frustration. So when the praise started, the frustration stopped. Listen, ladies, ladies, uh, you do not have to end up uh, with four kids with a man that don't love you before you begin to praise God. Oh, yeah. Jesus. You do not have to end up like, like Leah did before you began to put God first in your life. Mm -hmm. Before you began to just fulfill, find fulfillment in him. Because here Leah is with four kids with a man that don't even love her. You don't, we, do not have to, we do not have to get to that point. Now, check this out, chapter 30. Now, Rachel was the, what, Rachel was the one that, that, uh, uh, that Jacob actually loved. Right. He actually was head over heels over Jacob. He, uh, over Rachel, he worked 14 years for her. Now, check this out. Now, verse 30 says, in, in, chap, in verse 30, uh, chapter 30, verse 1, it says, When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. And she said to Jacob, give me children or I will die. Now listen, this is the same woman that had the man and that the man actually loved her. I mean, he was head over here for her, but yet she still didn't find fulfillment just in having that man. So you got to understand that, listen, neither one of the women could be fulfilled by Jacob because Jacob could not fill the shoes of God in their life. I don't care how good. And Jacob actually loved Rachel, but yet she was still miserable even having Jacob, even having a man in her life, even having somebody that truly did love her. She still found herself miserable up to a point where she actually wanted to die if she didn't have a child. So she's, this is Rachel sitting there about to die with a man in her life that loved her. So obviously, listen, you got to understand that just because uh, you got to make, that don't mean that you're going to have the happiness and peace and joy that you have that you, that, that you can only get from Christ. I'm telling you, you can only get that uh, from him. Amen. And Leah, Leah or Rachel uh, didn't understand that. Um, she said in verse thirty, verse uh, chapter thirty, verse two, it says Jacob became angry with her and said, "Am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children?" Right. So listen, she got frustrated because she was looking for man to give her fulfillment. He got frustrated because she was frustrated. So now she didn't frustrate him. And Jacob sitting there saying, "Look, woman, am I God? Look at you. You're trying to depend on me to be something that I." Can't. I cannot feel the shoes of God for you. So he got frustrated um, because of what she was going through. So she just sat there and frustrated him uh, because of the whole thing. Because she expecting uh, Jacob to be something that he just could not. 
And as much as he loved her, don't you think Jacob would have liked to have pleased Rachel? Listen, the man worked 14 years for her, but the Bible says that he loved her. He would have loved to have pleased Rachel, but he could not. He even he understood that I cannot be to you what only God can be to you. That's right. That's right. So both of these women got it wrong because they began to look as to Jacob for their sword. They began to want uh, Jacob to be uh, that person in their life that filled, that filled all those voids in their life, um, but Jacob could not do it. Amen. The problem is that, look, if you depend on man or woman to bring happiness or joy in your life, okay. the problem is that when they leave, they take the happiness and joy with them. Jesus. So if they bring it in, when they leave, they're going to take it with them. Listen, your mate should only add to the happiness, peace, and joy that you already got. They should not be the source of it. You should already be happy and fulfilled just being in God. When they come, they should just add to it. Y'all should just be too happy, folks, happy and fulfilled in God and got the peace of the Lord and got joy in your life. That's what it should be rather than you depending on somebody else to give you something that they cannot. Amen. Amen. They're going to do it the same way. Now listen. So now, just we, we, we land the foundation. I got to get you to understand this. I got to get you to understand that uh, everything that he comes first and everything that we do, and we cannot uh, try to place a man or a woman uh, in that spot. Now, it's not wrong or not bad that you want to be in a relationship. That is not an issue. That is not a problem that you want to be in a relationship. And I know some of y'all want to be in a relationship really, 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 really bad. Listen, some of y'all can't even help it. You got to understand it. Now, let me show you. Go to Genesis, the third chapter. Um, Genesis, third chapter, and the 16th verse. It's in your notes. You got to understand that Eve did that to y'all. Listen, especially women, you got to understand that Eve did that to y'all. In Genesis, the third chapter, and the 16th verse. Um, you see where you know see you see where the curse uh, is, and the Bible says that uh, you know that that and the Bible says that. To woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. Mm -hmm. With pain, you will give birth to children. Mm -hmm. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Your desire will be for your husband. Listen, that was part of the curse. Listen, you, you couldn't stop desiring your mate even if you wanted to. Listen, that was part of your punishment for listening to the serpent that you was going to spend all your time and energy desiring that mate. And what was going to happen is that you were going to become frustrated because your desire was to have them. And then you get them and you realize that he ain't all what you thought he was going to be. That he really can't bring that frustration. And you was going to be frustrated over and over again. Because there was a desire there to have a man in your life thinking that he can give you something that he can't. Amen. Thinking he can give you something that only that only God could give you. That was that was part of it. Looking for fact looking for that fulfillment uh in man. So, and what happens is because of that desire, a lot of times uh, women, we gravitate from man to man to man because there's the, that desire doesn't leave. You get out of one bad relationship, you wonder why you end up in another bad relationship. It's because that desire doesn't leave. But we got to get to the point where we stop gravitating from man to man to man and we start gravitating uh, from the Father to the Son to the Holy Spirit. We, we, we got to get to that point, but I need you to understand that your desire, I know a lot of y'all can't even help it. You just, you just really, really want to be in that relationship and I want you to understand why it is that you feel that way. Mm. You can't help it. Mm. It's just that okay now God gave us a means to restore it. We understand what God we understand why since we understand why God gave us uh, the ability to be back uh, uh, restored and he did that through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus Christ has to be first because that's the only way you're going to defeat that desire from running to man to man to man. Amen. 
He's the only way you're going to be able to defeat, defeat that uh, desire. Amen. In Genesis uh, 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 2 and uh, 18, again, uh, the Bible says that it's not good uh, that man should be alone. Now, I need y'all to get this. I really need y'all to catch this uh, about Adam. Uh, again, Adam, I'm telling you, when it comes to being single, Adam had this thing down. A lot of times, uh, we overlook a lot of portions of Adam's life uh, in the thing which he did, especially before the fall. Um, the Bible says that uh, in verse 18, it says it's not good for man to be alone. Listen, in verse 19, look what God started doing. He said, look, in verse 18, he says, it's not good that man be alone. I will make him a helper, helper suitable for him. In 19, he said, Now God, and now the Lord God formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to Adam, to, to the man, to see what he would name them. And whatsoever he, the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But Adam, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Listen, listen, listen. Adam just had Adam just had all the beasts of the field, right? After this is right after God said, "Don't." Uh, this is right after said that it says it's not good for man to be alone. Um, so now God makes all the animals with having. He said that you name them. He said you call them what you want to what you want to call them. Now you got to understand. You remember after Eve had got created, uh, God uh, God brought Adam to Eve, and Adam named Eve. You remember? So now what 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 Adam did not do? Adam did not settle for an animal. Adam, listen, listen. Adam did not say, well, I guess I'll just have to take one of these animals uh, God just made. The Bible says that Adam didn't find one suitable, so he didn't just take no anything. He didn't just pick up on any animal. He didn't find one suitable, so what he did, he went back to God. The Bible says, so God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. So he went back to God and he said, Lord, I didn't find nobody suitable for me. He did not settle for anybody. He did not settle for anything. He said, these animals are not suitable for me and we have to get to a point where we do not settle in our lives. We do not just settle for anything. We don't just settle for any old body. But if we have to, we'll just go back to God and be like, the last one didn't work. No, he is not suitable for me. The last day that I was on, no, he is not it. He is not suitable for me. So Lord, I'm coming back to you because I need you to do something else uh, for me because that person is just not suitable. Mm. And so uh, it says, the Bible says, so, he, so, so the Lord caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, again, uh, this is where Adam found rest uh, in God. Um, and he at that point, he began to uh, he began to make leave. He began to make Eve um, while he was there. Now, Eve, God took uh, Eve in verse 21. It says that, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed him up with his flesh. Listen. Eve was already uh, on the inside of Adam. Mm. Eve existed already. She was already on the inside of Adam. All God had to do was just add some things to Eve to make her what it is that uh, he needed her to be. She already existed. Listen, she was there all alone. You got to understand this. Listen, uh, it, the, the, the mate that God has for you, the husband or the wife that God has for you, has to already exist. Right. It's just that 
It's just that God may not have it presented that person to you yet. That person has to already exist. Listen, your husband cannot be born today because then y'all will be in two different generations. So that means your husband or your wife is floating around out here somewhere and you have to believe that God is going to put y'all together one day. Listen, she came out of him. That is why it is so important that uh, you, uh, you, you be interceding, you be praying for your mate that already exists. Listen, if you understand and believe that your husband or your wife is out there somewhere, then you should be praying for them. You should be praying for that God will strengthen them. You should be praying that God will lift them up. You should be praying that God will lead them, that God will keep head to head and protection around them. Um, if you're praying for them, if you believe that they exist, you should be praying that God will impart a word in them, especially women. You should be praying that God will make him uh, a leader uh, of you so that when y'all do hook, hook up, he'll know how to lead you. You should be praying for his finances. You should be praying for his credit because you know you want to buy a house one day. Listen, you should be praying for your mates. That's right. The same way you pray for yourself, the same way you you want God to bless you, you should be praying for your mate in that same manner. Every time you ask God to bless you, you ought to ask God to bless uh, them. Adam, when Adam was, uh, when every time, so if Eve was inside, the, if Eve was on the inside of Adam um, before before God uh, brought her out, that means that every time Adam nourished his body, he was nourishing his wife. That means every time that Adam grew, that means his wife grew. Listen, his rib couldn't, he couldn't keep a baby rib, so he had to, as, as he uh, as he grew, that means his wife grew, as he got nourished, that means his wife got nourished. Listen, right. the things in which you do individually is going to benefit your mate. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's why you have to make sure you're taking care of you, because that is going to be a benefit um, to the person in which God has for you, and the person which uh, you may end up, uh, you may end up with one day. Amen. So we got it. So we got to get that right. We began to pray for them. But that I'm telling you, the desire to be in a relationship work is faith. You got to have faith just to want to be in a relationship. Right. I'm telling you, because if your mate, you, you believe one, you got to believe that your mate exists. And then your prayer, you got to have faith just to just to be single, just to be single. You got to have faith and believing that God is going to send that person into your life one day and he's going to clean them up. He's going to get them right. And that you all uh, will one day uh, be together. You got to understand that you got to get that in your spirit and you got to begin to pray for your mate. I challenge all of you. I'm telling you, stop praying about you and stop praying for your mate. When we talk about giving, when we talk about truly being in a relationship, we're talking about uh, doing unto others, you want others doing to you. If you want your mate to be praying for you, you need to be praying for them. If you want their mate to be looking out for you and building you up, you need to be doing the same thing for them. So, so get to a point where you begin to pray uh, for your mate. I'm telling you, but that takes faith. That takes faith. So now, uh, we, we, talk, we talked about you know, our desire and why we feel like that. We talked about why it is uh, the difference between being alone and being single. And I want to give you all what God gave me, the three categories uh, of singleness um, that, that God uh, had given it to me. He, I believe we, we serve a triune God and I believe uh, that's why God did it. It's the three P's. If you are single, God is probably doing one of three things. He's either preparing you, He's either building patience in you, or uh, he is preserving you. Again, he's either uh, preparing you, he's building patience in you, or he's preserving you. Now, 
Um, he's preparing you because uh, uh, most of us need some time to be prepared so that God can work on us, that God can get us to the point where he wants us to be. Uh, so God has to begin to prepare us because for those of you who have been single, and especially you that's been single for a long time, you have had a season of singleness where it's been all about you. Listen, God has to begin to change your mind frame uh, about what you do and how you do it because uh, you being single, you only th- you've been operating all about you. Everything you do is all about you. When you ate, everybody ate. When you dress, everybody dressed. When you know you spend all you spend your money on three people, you, you, and you. See, all that has to change. When we get to when we begin to ask God to bring us into a relationship, that selfishness that we have, and a lot of times it's subconsciously we're just so used to just taking care of us that when we do get in a relationship, we have a hard time transitioning from just me to thinking about somebody else. We spend our time the way we want to spend our time and do the things we want to do, but we got to get to a point if we expect to be in a successful relationship where we get to a point where uh, we can begin to switch gears and begin to uh, think about uh, somebody else. So He is uh, preparing us um, for. Uh, to be able to be uh, in a relationship. Now, uh, sometimes it's not. Uh, sometimes it's not us. It could be us. Could be them. Sometimes it could be your God preparing your mate. Maybe your mate ain't ready for you, and God is preparing you. So you just gotta be. Uh, you just gotta be patient and wait on Him again. Or it could be you ain't ready for your mate. Maybe your wait mate waiting for you, but God is still working on you because God is saying, "I can't put that person in your life right now because if I did, you will mess them up." Like if I did, you're not ready to be with them right now. And so if I, so now would not be the time for me to put y'all uh, together. And that's where we come to the second category, the building patience. Because sometimes y'all know it's better to be single than it is uh, to be sorry. That's right. I know because I imagine that some of y'all been in some relationships and you wish you had to just stay single. Amen. So, so, so God cannot, uh, you know, God cannot, God had to build patience in us. So when we get to a point where we, be, we, we wait on God uh, to do, to finish the work that he has already started. You pray that your, you pray that the God has your mate on his wheel and he's working on them. He's he's fixing them. He was making them the way in which he wants them to be. When I think about this, being patient, listen, God cannot give you something that you are not ready for just because he's a loving God and he loves you so much. He is not going to put you in harm's way. He is not going to endanger you by giving you something that you is not ready for. I think about my son. I don't care. Listen, my son is seven years old. Uh, I don't care how much he asks for a Mustang. He ain't getting one. Because he is just not ready for it and because I love him so much I could not see putting him behind a wheel a wheel of a car like that knowing that he might kill himself if I gave it to him so my desire is to give him what he wants but I have to give it to him when he's ready for it I cannot give it to him when he's not ready for it or I'll be putting him in I'll be putting him in harm's way so a lot of time it's not that God is saying no he's saying not now Amen. Because if my son came and asked me for a Mustang now, I wouldn't. It would be a not now, maybe later, son. Because I love you so much, I wouldn't want you to go out there and kill yourself. Amen. So a lot of time, God is saying, "Look, just not now. You're just not ready for a mate right now." That's right. Just not now. So not no, but not now. That's right. Or he could be. God could be preserving you. He could have 
uh, a hedge of protection around you. He could have you uh, in uh, in isolation because he's trying to breathe some uh, revelation in your life. He could be protecting you from all the men that want to be with you, but he know that those men don't mean you no good, or those men are not the one. He look, look, I'm protecting you from everybody else that's trying to get with you while I prepare the one who who, who needs to be with you. So I'm trying to keep all these men away. So sometimes when whether it be you ain't getting no play or you all these men that ain't supposed to be with us, he's saying, look, I'm telling. He said, look, your spirit man is telling you, yeah, you want to be in a relationship, but the ones you meet ain't it. He said, because I could be preserving you because I don't need you to hook up with them because I can't see your husband while you laid up with your boyfriend. So I had to keep you, I had to preserve you from that because when he get ready, I want to be able to sit him with you. I don't want you to be so occupied or distracted that you can't receive what I have for you. Amen. Well, God may have you at a point where he's working on you. He's working on your purpose in your life. He wants to build a purpose in your life so he can. He don't want you to get distracted by a mate. Somebody in your life could be a distraction to you. You, you it could Because you might have your time and your attention focused on God, but as soon as that person comes into your life, now all of a sudden it seems like you ain't got time for God. Only thing you got time for is that person that just came into your life. So sometimes God is saying, look, I can't, I can't afford for somebody to come into your life and mess up what I got. So I'm gonna keep you from being in a relationship just so I can just so you can stay before me because it seems like when you're not in a relationship you spend more time with me. Yeah, that's it. So I'll keep you out of one. I'll keep you out of one so I can spend as much time as I need to until you're ready to be in one. Until you get to the point where you're going to give me my time regardless. Where you're not going to let nobody take that time away from me. Y'all got to understand we serve a jealous God. He ain't going to do it. Yeah. So he's either preparing you, he's either building patience in you, or he is preserving you. The Bible says in Hebrews, the, uh, the 10th chapter and the 36th verse, it said you need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. The Bible says you will receive what you what he has promised, but it says that you must persevere so that you have you must persevere so that when you have done the will of God. I'm telling you, everything that God does is about him. It's about his glory. I'm telling you, you gotta understand that nothing God does is about you. Listen, you just get to take part in all the stuff that God is trying to accomplish here, but it's really not about you. It's about him. He said, look, I'll give you the promises but first, my will has to be done first. So I understand everything that you want. I understand you want to make. I understand you want to be in a relationship but my will has to come first. I'm going to accomplish my will and then I will give you the desires of your heart. Then I'll give you all the promises but my will has to be first. And when we get to that point as singles wanted to be in a relationship where God comes first, when his will comes first, then us being in a relationship is the easy part us having a mate, I'm telling you, God wants to bless you, but more, more, more than that, He wants to get His will done on earth. Amen. You got to get that. You got to get that. Amen. So I, I, I need y'all to understand, and we're going to take, and this is the foundation of this whole series. We got to get this part right, or all the other stuff is going to be irrelevant. All the other messages in this series are going to be irrelevant if we miss this part. If we miss this part, I'm telling you, we are not going to have. If you do not have a solid foundation to uh, upon which to a relationship, you will not have a successful relationship. You don't just want a relationship. You want a good relationship. You want a godly relationship. You want a successful relationship. You don't want to just have any type of relationship. We didn't been in any type of relationship before. We didn't been with some anybody before. We want to begin to do things God's way. And if we do it God's way, it'll be the way in which God said it would be. Amen. Get that in your spirit. Understand that. 
get that uh, in your spirit. So again, preparing you, he's building patience you, or he either he is either um, preserving you. So this is the, the foundation for our series that we're going to take and we're going to build on this. But you need to go back. You need to eat on this. You need to digest this. You need to get this in your heart. You need to get this in your spirit. You need to understand everything that God is saying unto you, what, what it is that he's speaking unto you. You need to understand. You need to begin to seek God about his will, about his purpose for your life. You need to begin to do that um, so that you will have success in a relationship in which you seek to be in. So I hope that gives you all a, a better, a clear understanding of why it is uh, that you might be single uh, at this point. Now, one of the questions that you may be asking, which I've had uh, from our survey that we've done, is uh, how do you know when you're ready to be in a relationship? Mm. And I'm going to give that to you next week, this coming Thursday, uh, for our series. This coming Thursday, this coming Thursday uh, is ready to be found. Um, you got to get that in your spirit. But I want you all to take and digest this message, get this in your spirit, uh, and then uh, we'll be ready to build on that uh, as we as we progress through the series. Because uh, I want you all to get uh, everything that God uh, has for you to have, everything that He means for you to have, uh, everything that He has for you. And I'm telling you, as long as He's first, uh, everything else will fall in, fall in order. If He gets the glory, I promise you, He will pour down on you. He will rain down you because that's the type of God that we serve. He's, he's really just that. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us uh, all you know the good things that we desire. He wants to do all of that. But again, he has to be first. Amen. 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 Most gracious